And is this what Orlando Pirates want to do? Because you you do that, and then it 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 opens it opens Pandora's box for everything else. But what is your position on this? What is your position on that? And again, these are fair questions, but uh, are they questions that uh, sports can answer? I've been here many times before, and I've never been defeated, and still. I will never be defeated. True up It's Jay. And this is Chuck. What's up, everyone? This is Jay from the Two Up Front podcast, where we look at the weekend sporting action and other narratives around the sporting arena that may have gone under the radar. Welcome to another episode of Two Up Front. My name is Jay and I'm chilling with Chuck on a chilly day in Joburg. How you doing, Chuck? Well, thanks. Why is it snowing in other parts of, 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 the, of, the, of the province and not here? Because I always tend to want to say like the Easter End is a totally... <laughs> this proves which the Easter End is its own place in jail altogether, even in Joburg. For the sake of content. I don't know if I want to be recording in snow. Like I'm I'm heavily dressed already and we are like on the on in indoors. So I don't know about the snow. So Chuck, let us get to the business of the day. Um Orlando Pirates released a a statement whereby they were explaining their participation in a tournament where they will be playing against a team from Israel, Maccabi Tel Aviv. And they released this statement in response to fans being up in arms, some fans being up in arms with the fact that they are going to be playing against an opponent from Israel. And as we know, the Israeli-Palestinian conflict is ongoing. And there are large parts of South Africa, large parts amongst the fan base, who feel very strongly about South Africa interacting in any way with any 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 brand organization from Israel. Orlando Pirates though did mention that seemingly their hands are tied. So is 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 this the right decision by Orlando Pirates to go ahead and be participants in the tournament and go ahead and play matches against Maccabi Tel Aviv? I think this is the right decision to go ahead. Um especially because they expressed what the situation if ever Bongas wins and they said to you, here's what's going on. We didn't exclusively um, organize a game against the Maccabi, but we are part of a tournament where there are other teams from Europe and Africa and around, from t- teams around the world who are facing each other. And so th- that's who we've just been pitted against. Um, I think when Paris play against the Maccabi, it's not them aligning with Israel. It's not. They're playing against an Israeli side, and that's that. One of many other competitors, as, as, as already um, we've said. So I think for them to explain, I think was a good move. Um, I see no foul in them continuing um, with the proceedings. So they deleted that tweet with oh, that I announcement. Well, and then you could tell because the way Palonga Kuanoti and Astano Kumal is invested, this was a more question, and now we have to answer. But here's what it is. Um, having released that, I understand what you expressed honestly that you're in a tough position, but here's what it is. To then delete it, you wonder what's happening in the background. Who decided otherwise to say, well, I don't communicate this anymore? Um, but. I mean, you guys planned, um, and I think 
if anything, man, they, they planned earnestly would say this this competition will be a good preseason test for the players and they'll get to play against different different opposition with no dark cloud or guilt, I think, in their planning. And since this has come about, the fact that they've answered supporters, I think, is important because oftentimes we support teams, Maras Nase or Aswagaut Funan, and for them to to respond and say, here's what the situation is, I think that was good. But maybe them deleting it suggests otherwise. But I mean, the consideration to what your fans are saying is an important one uh, because they're the lifeblood of, 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 of the team, you know professional sport in this case professional soccer is only that because there are people who are invested in it in terms of their support in terms of then parting ways with their money whether that is to go to the ground to watch the team live or paying subscriptions whereby they can watch the team on television so there's an onus on a team uh, to interact honestly with their fan base but this is my general feeling about about what is the current societal and political climate. Uh, there's a lot that is being asked of sports uh, teams, uh, of athletes. There's a lot that they are being asked to take a stand for and against. And I, I, I generally feel that there are questions being asked of sport that they cannot answer, you know. Mm. Unfortunately, they can't they can't shy away from it uh, because, as I say, as much as some people would love to 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 view sport as an escape, that is where we go in order to forget everything that is happening in the world. We do not want to engage with these things when we go watch sport or when we just want to be distracted from what is happening in life, you know. But you can't do that because there is an intersection between uh, what is happening in the world of sport and what is happening with athletes as well as the fans that follow them. So there is a pressure to actually articulate what is your position on these matters. I just feel that matters which should be addressed by governments, which should be uh, addressed by political and 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 on community leaders uh, or, or or thought leaders in that particular space and which they themselves might find trouble in actually taking a stance and saying this is where we're going and the whole world going in that direction is a lot to ask then of the world of sport in terms of Orlando Pirates and 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 the statement which seemingly now they might be backtracking on because they've deleted we will see why what what happens with their communications going forward it's a difficult time with Amaparania and, and the organization that is Orlando Pirates because they caught flack for how they handled the Temikosi Lodge matter uh, when they released a statement which then suggested that in, in, in the privacy of their conversations, conversations with the player, they knew that Lodge was, as the, 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 the court found him, guilty of domestic abuse. And they handled it internally, which is what they came out and said. And they were rightly, I might add, um, caught flack for that from the fans. And now it's another matter, which is why I'm saying it's a tough spot to be in uh, yeah. as a club. Because now you are being questioned about things beyond what is happening on the field. What 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 is the stance of this football club when it comes to societal matters or things that people feel very strongly about now in terms of the tournament itself they explained that they didn't organize uh the match uh against tel aviv specifically they are part of that tournament 
which in itself within their statement, Chuck, I found that they put their foot in their mouth and it's probably why now they, 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 they've deleted this because maybe there's another way to go about it because what they had said in that particular statement is they had mentioned, for example, that during apartheid South Africa, they went against the government and they, 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 they pushed forward with a, a non-racial team where there were white players, there were colored Indian and black players playing on the same Orlando Pirates team. And even the leaders of the team had to go into hiding because they, they, they faced the, the backlash of the government of the day. And that, is sensitive to mention in line with like Israel and Palestine because the people who are for Palestine they would call what is happening over there apartheid, and pirates said in 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 one breath that they stood against that, and in the eyes of those people in another breath similarly then said but this is not one we're going to engage with mm. because. The country itself hasn't taken a position. Safa hasn't taken a position or FIFA haven't taken a position to say that we are not engaging with Israel nor the clubs in this manner. So it's, 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 a, difficult, it's a difficult time. Um, and they are putting out fires. I believe, again, they've been put in a position where they have to put out fires, which, as I say, uh, you can't avoid it. But at the same time, it's, it's, it's a heavy burden to bear. You know, more command about Timkosi Lodge, I can only like the one thing that goes through my mind is May United, Mason Greenwood. That's another domestic abuse and I think on another level, especially because there's recorded um video and audio or whatnot that the fans saw. And so everyone is on alert to Uti. As far as that player goes, if May United were to register him again <clears throat> There'll be red lights or red flags everywhere with that law. You guys have definitely gone across the line and says what's right, what's right and wrong. Oh, Lodge, similar thing, but we didn't have uh, preview to the information that we've now come across now with, oh, he is guilty, here's who's concerned, yada, yada, yada. And Paris says, which they've handled that. With that one, I think they, they were forced to. You play Aleno. And when you don the famous black and white shirt, you become a superstar. And if someone is, 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 is in the wrong and then we give him that, uh, that, that shirt, it's almost as if nothing happened. To which Paris says, oh, no, we've dealt with this thing internally. Um, when it comes to them playing in Tel Aviv, as I, I don't know, as it, it seems like, and I, and I do get everyone's concerns, and it's hard to make a general statement or to, to or, or to communicate anything to the general public about um, matters of, of of this kind. But I feel as when you when you when you paint things black and white, I think you you lose out because the areas of gray for me are where you can come together and learn and teach each other something. Um, there's a there's a um, Ukrainian tennis player named Kotlik Amalaki. I saw a video this week and she was like, Namanj, I will not be shaking hands with any Russian or Belarusian players. Svitolina. Svitolina, I was thinking she, about her. She beat as a ranker and she didn't this go weekend, for the handshake. Right? Yeah, and she was like, and then I'm going to be surprised because that's how, that's how it's been uh, for a while, Ang Bafun. And I feel with the, those, those two tennis players aren't the soldiers. They aren't the ones dropping bombs or invading. Those two players are, are individuals and they can have a communication and they can say, Guti, you know what, Azarenka, here's how I feel. Svitolina, I understand your position. Here's how I feel. I feel between them, I'm not saying they must educate the world after that. I'm just saying just between those two people, they can have a rapport where you know what, what's happening is messed up. It's not my fault. It's not your fault neither. But at least you and I can get along, you know. And I feel it's, it's something like that where I don't necessarily think that Paris playing Maccabi Tel Aviv says we are pro-Israel. and But at the same time, I feel with Sometimes I, I guess I get the, 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 the impression that it has. Orlando Paris, Maccabi fans in the stadium. Oh, Gumnand. 
You know, it's almost like as Palestinians, you've forgotten our plight to our cause. But I feel that's how conversations start because if we're all if we're all barricaded, if we're all throwing bombs, and there's no one who's gonna say let let there be a ceasefire, if there aren't two people who can take a walk, or you know, like how back in the day in the, in the rare times, would signal away they caused where they they call for a ceasefire. Even if you're caught in enemy camp, but I lost me again. I'm trying to subwana. Whatever the case is, but those are, are the stories that stand the test of time. In and amongst the war, where you're like the World War One was horrible, World, World War Two was horrible, but there are those stories where people came together nonetheless. And so, the point that I'm trying to make is that I don't know how significant pirate, pirates playing Tel Aviv is in terms of the grander scheme of Israel against Palestine. But in terms of them understanding it better, better them there than they are here. Because not to say tweets, not to say it's a good podcast, we know what the media tells us. But from a personal perspective, we there could be a Maccabi um, Tel Aviv player who plays for Israel, who is probably Israeli, but says what's happening is wrong. You never get that perspective unless you speak to that person, you know? So for me, I, be, I believe, it's, yes, it's tricky, but... I don't think we should cancel and, 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 and bar and burn all the bridges and cancel everything. Treat individual cases where we can and shed light, shed information. Let's teach each other something. Um, but yeah, I don't think them playing against the Israeli side is them aligning with Israeli, uh, with Israel. They said in their statement, for you guys who've, take, who've taken sides, it's easy for you guys to make the calls. What I mean, I'm pro this, I'm pro that. And therefore, you have a view. You know, we're trying to be neutral. And that's why it's, it's difficult for us to say, here's where we stand. All we're doing is honoring a fixture. So I think in them trying to be honest, maybe they stepped on some toes because it also sounds like they were distancing themselves from the tournament. Must be Zilinat. Which you don't want to do. Um, you don't want to do that, no. You yeah, don't want to say that like that. Yeah. Um, but I don't think they're necessarily aligning with... But that's the thing. How do you want to say it? Because you want to say it, even as we're speaking about it, and frame it in a way where everyone is convinced what your stance is so that those who are pro you, they are pro that because that's their stance. Or those who are against that can throw rotten tomatoes in your direction, which ultimately, as well as the football club, you don't even want. You don't want to divide your own fan base, you know. And I understand why they would why they would um, refer to the fact that the 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 bodies that govern them, which is FIFA, SAFA, and the South African government, have not drawn a line in the sand. Therefore, they won't do it themselves. I understand and I, 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 I empathize w- with where that, 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 that group of fans are coming from. But as much as I say that Paris don't just want to say, well, we, we kind of don't have a choice because this is not, it might be sanctioned by FIFA, but it's, it's not as if they are not playing a league game or forfeiting a, a, a competition where they definitely need to honor that fixture. This is preseason, you know. You don't want to say that. But at the same time, you also don't really want to take a strong stance whereby, again, the, the powers that govern you haven't taken that stance because then you are leading that charge. And is this what Orlando Pirates want to do? Because you, you do that and then it, 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 opens, it opens Pandora's box for everything else. But what is your position on this? What is your position on that? And again, these are fair questions, but uh, are they questions that uh, sports can answer? I don't tend to think so, you know, because beyond this chat, the Israeli-Palestinian conflict is the one that's under the microscope right now because of this fixture. But it's not the only conflict there is in the world, you know. 
when Pirates who are going to be playing in the Champions League, if they have to honor a fixture against a, 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 a club side in from a country whereby there is something happening that you don't agree with politically, what do you do then? And South Africa in itself is not a perfect country, you know. And that that question, if it's asked of clubs who are going to play, be playing Orlando Pirates or Mamelodi Sundowns or a, a super sport in these African competitions, what do you do then? It's a slippery slope. Uh, it's a slippery slope. As I'm saying, you cannot divorce sports from what is happening in society because they're interlinked, you know. But the question of where is that line or how, how do you interact with these matters, it's not one I have an answer for. Um, and as such, it's not one I don't think sport has an answer for. But, of course, you, you, you always want to hold people accountable, uh, people who are in an influential position, and you want to know where they are where they're going with a brand that you associate with personally. You know, football as a sport, it means a lot to people. Uh, it really does mean a lot to people. And you do want to ask those questions. You do want to hold organizations accountable. But at the same time, I think there must be room to, to, to consider the fact that maybe these are not the people to be, to, be, to, to be as vocal about this matter as other organizations of power and influence. I think there needs to be a clear communication, as you're saying, from somebody, um, not, not a body, but if an organization as such, because there's a, it's a funny thing what you're saying, somewhat, somewhat a paradox, because if you think about the Springbok story, the Springbok story is inspirational because it is a, it is echoing or it's a reflection of South Africa. We have other issues, but we've come together as a team. That's, that's our narrative, what's going on in our own country. And we say sports unites like no one else, but then when it comes to ACIA or whoever, what do you think, what's your opinion on this political thing? Then she's not the guy to to respond, but at the same time, the jersey represents who we are, you know. So it is a paradox of sorts. Um, but I, I feel a body must speak, not necessarily individuals, because it does put them in a sticky situation. Um, there's a player I forget the the first name, something Solomon, who was just signed to Tottenham Hospital. I think that's an Israeli player. I don't hear or see as much noise. Maybe if I look into it, there might be. My next question would then be: If if someone who's Israeli or who's Russian played for a particular club and they are now moving. Do you now, as a club, say, I don't want that particular asset because of their nationality? As you're saying, there are lots of conflicts, there are lots of, lots of stories out there. What do you align with? What do you say? What's your stance? I think I, I fully agree with your first sentiment, which sports might not be um, the right channel in terms of answering all these social questions, um, but you can't also remove yourself. Because one of the things that Paris did point out, and which is true of history, that when... South Africa was going through apartheid. At some point, we got sanctioned mm. from international sport, which was the right call. Mm. And also, when that happened, there were rebel tours into the country and trying to organize outside of the country. And those were frowned upon by people who were pro the liberation of the people of South Africa, and rightly so, because a stance had been taken by the international community that what is happening in South Africa is not going to stop until we respond and we respond harshly. And there were sanctions uh, across the board and in this particular instance we're talking about sport in sport as well. And as such, if you were in a country who who, who was pro the liberation of, of, of South Africa, of course then you don't play against um, the, the, the teams that are trying to bypass that or where it, it does not, and, and essentially saying it does not matter. Mm. But the difference here if maybe I were to, again, empathize with the side of Orlando Pirates, is that such a call hasn't been taken. If it had, and then they were pushing ahead and going ahead, 
even as an individual, if you don't support that, you'd have to you'd you'd have to accept it because the country that they are from has taken a decision or the international community has taken a decision, which is not something that has happened. Again, this is not to suppress the voices of the people who feel that this is not right. Uh, it's just to say, I'm not certain, um, again, if Orlando Pirates or football or sport uh, is, the, is, 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 is the body that is able to bring the answers uh, or, or able to amplify your voices as you would want them to do. Yeah, so let's let's see how that develops. Um, I think I, I'd echo my first stance, which I don't think them continuing with the fixture is 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 them siding with Israel or pro war or pro conf- conflict. But um, as time goes, hopefully, hopefully it doesn't have anything bad or ugly flare up as as a result. Because I mean, the people who have their concerns. That's that's that that makes sense. All right, um, so in one corner of the world to another, speaking sports, David De Gea, um, the one of whom it was fam- famously memed, that Dave saves. You see all plethoras and varieties of memes of David De Gea saving things that are not supposed to be savable. And I think specifically his shining moment was in that Arsenal match where I think he made 16 or 17 saves in a single match, which I think was a Premier League record. He got his golden glove at the end of the season as well. Um, but also in terms of howlers, it probably was his first showing um, ever, like in any 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 complete campaign. To which you say what, Jay? Was it is it good riddance? Because um, it seems that uh, United are about to bag Onana. Is it good riddance? We're about to get a better keeper. United are about to get a better keeper. Or do you think there's a bit of an injustice happening here because he is a four times player of the season in Man United? So with the Golden Glove Award to begin with. That's not a keeper's award by themselves. It's not. It's not. It's not like goal scoring. And even though I get like with goal scoring, you get assisted, but you are the one who definitely puts the ball in the back of the net. Your defense that plays ahead of you and the team overall and how their defensive shape and how they defend, it it, it plays a lot into those those golden clubs. And my my my, my biggest example for that is uh, Edison at Manchester City winning the golden clubs because for me. That man is nowhere near the top five goalkeepers in the world. And yet, and yet, when at the end of seasons, and you're probably going to see it again when it's time to vote for uh, Ballon d'Or winners, that he's going to be up there with the goalkeepers and, and overall player ratings in, in, in those lists because of the people who play ahead of him. Mm-hmm. And as you mentioned, this particular season, I was actually surprised to find uh, at the end of the season, the Premier League, David De Gea winning the Golden Glove. Because he did not have one of his better seasons in a United shirt. Mm. And I get the criticism that was leveled against him because of, of that. And also, I mean, in the time that he's been in England, Chuck, he's never truly developed in the form of being a keeper who's dominant in his box. He still has trouble with crosses that come into the box. He, in the modern game, he just isn't a sweeper keeper. That is not something that he ever like learned or got comfortable with. And you've seen videos uh, because in this day and age of social media, everyone compiles videos and they post them. And you've seen videos of his, his defenders, Varane, most famously, that comes to mind immediately, where Varane is open for a pass and wants to play out from the back because this is how everybody plays. And this is how Eric Ten Hag from Ajax and, and to Manchester United wants to play. Mm-hmm. And De Gea is reluctant to give him the ball and he boots it forward. And Varane 
let him hear it that mm. what are you doing you're not mm. supposed to be doing that you know so in, in 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 terms of the style you get why he's not there but at the same time i think about david de gea and as an arsenal fan i think about those 16 saves i remember that match very clearly manchester united won that match 3-1 at the end of that day and it is the most unlikely result probably and it's not even a matter of you thought arsenal could have gotten a 3-3 arsenal should have walked away with a 6-3 victory in that match but for one man mm-hmm. and post the sir alex ferguson era where united have have struggled uh categorize it the way they've truly struggled the one shining light during some very dark periods was David De Gea. The reason he was win- winning those Player of the Year awards at Manchester United is because in, in, in contrast to what I said about keepers and winning those golden clubs, he stood out as a world-class player in his position. Whereas what was happening in front of him was something you were not certain about. What is the direction of this club? Uh, where, how are we finding a way back to the top? And there were no answers. But what you knew for 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 a certainty is, especially in football, where you're, where you're always trying to build that spine, we already have one piece in place, and that is David De Gea. Mm. And he's the biggest uh, the biggest thing about him was that shot stopping. Uh, he he's he's probably been the best for me since Ica, Ica Casillas. You know, yeah. it was hard to get past David De Gea. But I also have to admit that he's not at his best anymore. In terms of then Onana, mm. we'll see about that. What are your thoughts? Um, I think I first want to add what I saw Bruno Fernandes post that at least what he deserves was to say farewell in front of his home stadium, Old Trafford, and leave that way as opposed to just sending a tweet and saying, guys, it's, it's, it's been a pleasure. I'm out. Um, as a, I, I didn't have like the the game against Sevilla that that ah, that one that one strikes like a blow to my heart it's like what are you guys doing you're fumbling you know you guys are clearly better than Sevilla as, as much as Sevilla is just ne ne ne, ne Atletico Europe whenever they in it but that game and that tie specifically we were the better side and we were supposed to show it but those two errors are like Maguire it's De Gea to Maguire Maguire to no nobody really and then that ball that was hoofed up and De Gea Azaz is not a uh, ball playing keeper decides to rush in and then he misses it, fumbles it, whatever. And there was the final in the coffin. Those kind of displays. Um, Namapola that creeped in, creeped in the near post where he's supposed to have it. Those, 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 those are, are they're, they're bad. They're just bad, right? And obviously, when you say things like that, a keeper who's had their worst season and wins the Golden Glove suggests that your first point is right. It's the defense. Um, it's, it's, it's crazy that there are contrasting pictures that are being painted throughout his time at United. The first one was, okay, you, you were with Sir Alex Ferguson, a decent enough side, who wasn't like a star-studded team, but a decent, decent enough side. He was winning, he won uh, he, 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 he Premier League title. And then there's the Moyes era, Abo, Abo Van Hal, Abo Mourinho, all that stuff. A change of system, change of formations, where the team generally was struggling, where David De Gea had to step up. And this latest uh, uh, version of Man United, he was playing on Lindelof and Mokwai, who are not necessarily handy with their with their with their feet. Which, under, which understandably, I, I see why he wouldn't want to pass to defenders because you know, I'm not that confident on it. And it's like, let me just kick it, you know. And sadly, now we we can't. I used to bring disc, right? And I understood it as defenders when the midfielder's calling for the ball, and then when it's like mm, safety first, I get it. 
But even when the keeper can't do that, we're in a different era of football altogether for which then David De Gea is no longer somewhat exists. Um, because if he can't play to Varane, by pass maybe, which is easy, and in a ITMB, he's taking safety first because he knows it's a mistake if we keep doing this. Without mistakes. We've seen Alisson with his shining moments, so many mistakes. We've seen Noya, Noya mistakes as well. And so if you want to invite mistakes, Uzazi, which you're not particularly good, then I wouldn't do it, you know. Um, also, lastly, I, I believe would say, as much as we were, we were developing to the team that plays out from the back, I don't think we made it necessarily easy for De Gea to do so. When you look at Brighton and their keeper, he's got options galore. And I think if you start him out like that, it would, okay, play the easier passes, the shorter passes. And then when your confidence is built up, play the pass, you know, play the more difficult passes. But build up, build up your confidence, build up your repertoire and your, your understanding of how this is supposed to go about. But in the one day game, the other game, Kono Martinez and... Like I'm saying, we struggled to do that very well. I don't think it particularly helped him. But all in all, man, I think when you're, when you're trying to make a charge and, and, and do things better, it's, it's coming in an upgrade in midfield. We now have to say with Martial, we have someone who's actually scoring. I think you have to address all positions and get better in all positions. So but after the display of last season, uh, I somewhat get it. I'm a bit, a bit sad because I'm a fan of David De Gea, but I somewhat get it. So... When when you mention maybe bringing him up slowly, don't you think it's a matter of old dog, new tricks? And at the age that he's yeah, at, and, and with regards to the troubles he's had with that style of play mm. that United are looking to have from their goalkeeper, it was just something that was not going to happen. You know what I think it is, though? I think there must be an adaptation. He might not transform into a different keeper, but he might add a few pieces. But that I mean, after the thrashing at Brentford and Brighton, we stopped playing that for a while, my short passes. And if you look at that goal where we scored against Isit, goal number one to make it 3-1 or 4-1, whatever, that starts from the back with David De Gea being involved, playing passes that he's safe um, or happy to play. They build up Bissabaya Kouara. So there were times when he was like, I am playing the long ball whatever I'm playing it and then there were times where he felt safe enough to play it and I think a hybrid performance of that makes sense as opposed to no we're just playing from the back all the time and I think people were patient with that because he didn't make that many mistakes if he did that but when it's being enforced on him with mm, yes like we're building up then it becomes tricky so I think if he started with that vein or that understanding it's a bit different but maybe it is all dog new tricks because he just wasn't that kind of keeper so the keeper is replacing him is a man famously was <laughs> who was sent home from the World Cup because his coach at the World Cup with Cameroon mm-hmm. wanted a David De Gea type, whereas Onana is the quintessential modern-day ball-playing goalkeeper. And we saw him execute, not to perfection, because there were some balls that he hit, he, he, he hit out mm. in that Champions League final. Whether he was being pressed at the highest stakes, whether or, 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 or he was not being pressed, if he was being pressed, he was dinking them into the midfield with accuracy with and, and the weight on the ball was phenomenal. And if it was his defenders who were coming short to receive, he was able to give those passes, is able to give the passes through the lines, is able to give the passes to the fullbacks to start that playing out from the back from there. So he is quite adept at that. And that's his biggest selling point. As a goalkeeper, True. Chuck, his biggest selling point is what he is able to do with his feet. It's him being comfortable playing with the ball at his feet. As such, and knowing then that this is the style of play that the, key, that, that the coach wants uh, to have, is Onana the man for the number one jumper at Manchester United? 
if if that's what he wants, there isn't any like uh, player that's better uh, in terms in terms of doing that. Edison Yashama passed pinpoint, but Onana's on another level. If you see his compilations, he's on another level. And if that's what he wants, I think that's the best available out there. Um, the only thing, Jabang Short, as much as Edison plays those balls, Alison Unayale won over the top to Salah once every season. Apart from that, as much as they build up all they want, we know who the stars of the team are. So for me, I think it's a bit hard to want keepers to do that. But to answer your question, Onana is the one for that. Football has evolved so much. It's crazy. I cannot, I it's cannot believe. It's like, okay, I, I saw, I don't know if you saw the video of Edward Kamavinga um, saving shots in his backyard and he is actually amazing in goal. Chuck, he's one of those dudes, like I went to school with a guy who he was our best player in, 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 in the middle of the park. He was also our best keeper, but we never, we never could play him as keeper because we needed him like on the field. But if 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 push came to shove, uh, say we were we were we were defending a lead and and going towards the end of the match, and our keeper got injured, he was the guy who was going to go into goal. And Kamavinga is one of those uber talented uh, guys, it seems, and that's that's the hybrid, that's the new goalkeeper, mm. you know. And having seen Onana's videos as well, when he's at home, he when he's at home, he doesn't play as keeper. Uh, and if he's playing as keeper, he's he's like a PlayStation uh, goalkeeper where he takes the ball and he's running out from his box and he he's trying to go score. So he's he's a footballer. He's very comfortable as a footballer. There's another video of his. I saw him um, going past a few players and finishing. And it's like, oh, this guy is a football player who dons the gloves. And it's 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 a new era in football. Mm. And I cannot believe where we are in terms of goalkeepers the last line of defense is now the first line of attack where you are you are looked upon to actually be a part of the build-up when you consider the formation uh, it's not four at the back if you're playing a, a, a two fullbacks and two center backs it's five mm. because the keeper is part of that even when you see like analysis of games and when you're looking at them in terms of inviting that press so in terms of trying to play out from the back and in terms of trying to have uh, those overloads and those numbers. The goalkeeper is part of that. This is this is this is something that you saw at Mamelodi Sundowns when you thought to yourself, Sundowns don't need to add like a pl- players. Definitely don't need to add a keeper. And when you saw what Ronan Williams was doing for Mamelodi Sundowns, like oh, this is what this particular coach wants to do with his goalkeeper. So they've become vital. It's become yeah. vital that you are able to play like that. Even though that's the case, I don't know if this is an old school mentality, but like it's it, it's such a strange thing for me. And for me, you know this about me. Um, in terms of my defenders, I want my defenders to be able to defend. It's great that you can you can you can do um, other things. Maybe the exception for me is Trent Alexander-Arnold because Trent really is generational for me. Like mm. with him, you build around him. You 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 figure out ways was, to protect about to... him. I was about to come but my in goalkeepers there. need to be able to save sorry to cut you off but I wanted to come in and, and, and raise the Baga trend because I'm thinking if David De Gea cannot play this position but what he can do great is stop shots maybe not now last season is not the best example but that's what he does best for like most of last season sorry two seasons prior last season like the entire campaign where does he end of the season playing in midfield they've made a way for, for, for Trent to work because he is good at something, is better at something else. And so I'm wondering, why Guma goalkeeper, or maybe particularly in this particular case, in Man United, Ten Hag, why does it play with your feet or bust? Why can't you get a ball playing uh, midfielder or add more ball players in your defense? 
why why can't you circumvent that and, and find plans because you don't keep planning your pambil i'm not planning for into a move by that i mean no stones converted we are pambil no one pisaka needs to be good going pambil but it's good at it's, it's stopping crosses and shots and all that stuff why are we not looking to do that is that where football is right now it's a copycat sport mm. and unfortunately if you are a goalkeeper who is great to these hands but average to poor with the with his feet you're playing in a sport where the dominant force in the game the treble winners their goalkeeper said that at the, at the beginning of this conversation is nothing special with his hands but he's 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 a lot special with his feet and that that that's the game Mm. That is that is the sport. That is the game. Uh, as I'm saying, it's it's strange for me. And De Gea didn't help himself out uh, with the season that he had, and with the fact that his powers have been waning. Mm. You know, I think if this was prime De Gea, or as I said, when you consider prime Ika Casillas, where man, it's a wall. You know, mm. try as you may, he is gonna get to everything that 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 you throw at him, that you shoot at his goal. Then it's a conversation that you need to have. Like, do you want to rid yourself of 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 that aspect? Again, for me, the main aspect of what goalkeeping is. Then it's a more difficult conversation. But mm. the decision was made easier by the fact that, well, you you're not giving above above average in terms of what 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 you're able to do with your hands. Because you imagine if he was like Peter Cech, for example, where you are shot stopping, where you are great with the crosses, and 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 you are able reasonably um to 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 come out from your box uh, but mainly to command your your box then you you look at that decision you're like is this really what you want to do but the mm. hair was at the end of his rope in terms of being a goalkeeper for Manchester United a Manchester United team that is rebuilding a Manchester United team that has ended their trophy drought and with this coach in place has designs on 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 getting back to the very top Mm. winning Premier League titles, challenging and winning Premier League titles and Champions League titles. So with that being the criteria where it's not United who are going to be prodding along, finishing in sixth place, then you have to have your pieces in place across the field. And this is the keeper that they're going with. It's the right keeper who's on the market. Um, I've I've never truly seen a performance by Onana where he was under siege. And Mm. I thought to myself, Oh, he's 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 nice with it in terms of the gloves, you know. But as I'm saying, in modern day football, that's secondary, which again is strange, Very but strange. it is what it is, you know. And in terms of what mainly you want him to give, he's going to give you that. I think big teams would want to say we want to have more of the ball against most oppositions, and so if we have the ball, we aren't likely to face a barrage of shots. But the funny thing is that I'm wondering, is it a matter of just contracts stalling and then not being able to find a solution that he's since gone? Or maybe is it the fact that Onana was coming anyway because that's what Ten Hag wants and he didn't want to be number two? I raise this point because as much as De was fumbling, and January, Newcastle took him back. We were happy to get Dean Henderson off with his mistakes. Continue the whole time. I mean, none of the, the, the backups are good with their, with their feet. But this guy is making mistakes. But we keep him on for the entirety of the season. Even the games where we're guaranteed top four. Anyway, 
And then for it to end like this is sort of a bit confusing because with players like Abu Maguire, I think that was a clear signal to here's how I want to play and it's not with not yeah. with you. Um and even even you know, like with, with, with Maguire, right, even when he's fit, Luke Shaw was on Gena because that's what here's how I want to play, you know? And this is a clear signal. But if you have backup keepers and they never play, but at the end of the campaign you're like, I I want to onana. I wonder if was it a contract? I think on some thing? level the coach is a fan of the player mm. because when Ten Hag was speaking about De Gea's future publicly, he always suggested that he's going to keep him on. And he spoke about him as a, a, a club legend. And again, Ten Hag is someone who comes across as being deeply respectful of the history of the place where he's working at, mm. this, at this point in time. And I think as well, he knew in the back of his mind that he's going to change keepers. And having seen them in, in, in practice as well, he's not going to go with any of the options that are on his bench. Uh, so what is essentially what is the point of giving minutes to these guys, especially at the point where United season came to where we're not truly challenging for the title. Uh, we are we are we're in a comfortable position in the top four and looks more likely that we're going to make top four and we, we're there. Let's not disturb that con- continuity. I think where it was uh, where he did make very very strong points was on with, with, with the 10 um mm. infield players where as you saw Maguire didn't get a game even when they were lacking a a, a center back a left center back for that match which Maguire is but he played Luke Shaw there because Luke, Luke Shaw is is left-footed and seemingly he wants to play a left-footed player in that left center back position and yes Luke Shaw is not going to be the long-term solution in that position but whether we, we, we get someone as a backup or we don't because we see the situation at, at Manchester United and ownership and transfers is difficult, which the coach would have known about even before we got to this point of, 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 of the year. Therefore, let's give some reps to a Luke Shaw who's going to be in with, with the team next season that if Lissandro Martinez does go down with injury, again, this is what we are going to do. Because mm-hmm. as well, when you look at, at Fred and McTominay, even though they got minutes, he was reluctant to play them uh, because they are not in his long-term plans. I think with the goalkeeper, there wasn't anything to to find out for him by playing other keepers, even though this particular goalkeeper is not great at the thing he wants to do. And respectfully, let's let him go out on top if what is going to happen is that he's going to leave at the end of the season. Mm. Whereas Abanyi Bialangling as, 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 as much because there's a long-term future. Yeah. Um, with, with with regards to those other players in those positions, yeah, I think ultimately my final would, would be say to would be to say thank you um, for I mean spending the time. I think five hundred and forty odd games for United, and as much as he had his things, and he's got the clean sheet record, clean sheet record, yeah. So over Peter Schmeichel, so in the end, yeah, by my mistake, but overall his body of work I think shines more um, than it is. Um, <sighs> <laughs> the words are not coming more than it is um marred by i'm a mistake but i think yeah man he was a good enough keeper to don the united shirt who was just there for the longest time i had trouble having all Pates and i mean there were times when we didn't have the right keeper um i don't think that the, the era with david david here was um so yeah, um, good luck for future endeavours. There have been a lot of keepers at Manchester United during the Premier League era, but the only three goalkeepers who matter is Peter Schmeichel, that's Edwin van der Sar, and it is David De Gea. Mm-hmm. And we 
had a team of the decade from the Premier League in the 2010s and unanimously we both agreed there's two of us but like overwhelmingly there was no question of is there anybody else that we want to put in that position and he also then featured in our conversation and debate about and I think you had him in terms of the team of the 2010s worldwide mm. who do you have um, as, as the goalkeeper ultimately we went for, 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 for Manuel Neuer but David De Gea was in, in the conversation and he was in, in our minds because of what he was able to do in a struggling Manchester United team. And as I say, when his team was under the cosh, he answered the bell. Mm. Uh, again, the prime example is that game against Arsenal. But those are things that he did on a, on, on a countless number of occasions playing for the Manchester United. So he's a Manchester United legend. True. And while it didn't end uh, very well, I think he can be proud of his time at Manchester United. And hopefully with the, 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 the privilege of, of, of time between his departure and what is to come uh, in the majority, the United fan base will look back on his time there with fondness because I think he deserves that. Yeah, I think not quite statue fair. level, but he yeah. he, he deserves uh, the love from 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 the fan base and football onlookers uh, as, as a whole. All right, Chuck, we go to the world of rugby, mm-hmm. where we saw over the weekend the first game uh, of the Castle Rugby Championship between the Springboks and Australia, which was p- played in Pretoria at Loftus Fersfeld. Where the Springboks ran out 43-12 winners against the Wallabies. A resounding scoreline and perhaps actually a scoreline that might, some might say, flatter the, the visitors. Overall, what did you make of that first performance of a season that the coaching team and the country as a whole hope will culminate in the defense of the William Webb Ellis Trophy? I don't know which were the Springboks that good or did Australia not come out to play because they offered like little to no resistance um, in terms of what uh, the Springboks were throwing at them. Everyone just about had a decent game. I mean, if you know how many times Peter Steff was close to the try line before he finally got to score that try, your, num- your number seven shouldn't be that that close all the time. Ningam Vimbi, you know, not doing something about it, you know. So, angas man, and then there were those penalty tries. We're going to say so I worry about Australia. I know I know that's not the question that I'm being asked. I worry about Australia and them being switched on. Is, is this deceptively uh, a display that will suggest that we're, we're better than what we actually are? No, we're not as good as we as we looked. Sorry, on the day. But I mean, if we were to then take it on face value, I think we played very well. Um, ball retention was great. Um, creativity. I, I liked. I liked. I, and I thought it would, it would throw out some, something different. Having Kubas Reinach, Nomaili uh, partner up in the middle of the park. I think that that was crazy. We saw our boy <laughs> Bonambi doing his thing <laughs> with the assist. Um, I just think generally it was was well played. Dwayne Familian didn't do any wrong in terms of him being the leader of the side. And just generally, man, it was a good feeling. It's good to start off great. Um, and also outscore New Zealand in terms of being number one in the championship currently. And I mean, we face them. Um, if we beat them, basically, as good to have the Los Pumas travel, basically we can celebrate and say what it's ours now. But we'll see how that happens. But generally speaking, I think that was an outstanding victory. 40 points, good. The Australians caught, they caught hands. They caught some serious hands with the Springboks. And they scored first. And they scored lost, and that's that's pretty much what they did. Pale, that's pretty much pale, what pale. they 
they take away from the game is because what happened in between, as I say, the score actually does flatter them. Uh, when you consider the, the penalty tries, penalty tries are not things that you see very often in rugby. When you see one penalty try, mm. you know that that team is under the cosh, close to their goal line. Because there was there was um, the, the the deliberate knockdown, which man, I felt sorry for for for, for, for the defender there because <laughs> keep, keep uh, the, you were you were trying to keep um, Aranza from from scoring the hat trick, which he completed anyway. Mm. And to have two penalty tries in in the same match, it tells you everything that you need to know about the performance of Springboks as well then as of the Wallabies. And the other reason why the score flattered them is because. The Springboks made a lot of uh, 22 entries, and there were some uh, of, of of the attempts at the at the try line which were held up, and also the Springboks still a little bit. And I'm nitpicking at this point, uh, struggling with the conversion because you want to see them more clinical mm. with those chances. It, it 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 didn't matter at the end of this particular match, but with the eye on on the World Cup and maybe games a game against New Zealand, which is the barometer. You want to be able to take every single opportunity that you create. But the thing is, Chuck, they created opportunities mm-hmm. for fun yeah. in that match. Because when you when you when you watched how the Springboks were playing, you mentioned Bonambi. Bonambi gave an assist for the try, for one of the tries, um Zaga Aransa. And you find him, he's he's in midfield and he's towards the wing and he's drawing in defenders and then he's giving the pass, which is something we've seen in the evolution of the Springboks under uh, Rasi as well as Nineba, where when 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 Sia Kolisi is fit and you're watching this version of the Springboks, you will see him a lot on the right wing, and he is he's 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 partnering with 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 the winger on 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 that side. So my great big takeaway is I'm sad that COVID happened. Number one, because mm. of the reasons, the, the the ways that COVID like ravaged society. But in terms of what we're speaking about right now, the four-year period between World Cups, that's when you get to change up your style or you get to experiment or you get to infuse something new into what you want to do. Nerva and Duplessis and, and Duplessis. Rassi. Rassi, Rasmus. Why am I saying Duplessis? <laughs> and Rassi have actually said that the 2019 World Cup was a bonus. What mm. they were working towards is the 2023 World Cup, which is scary if you think about it. Because what has happened in the limited time, and why I'm sad is because I only salivated the thought of what would have happened had they had the entire period which was taken away by COVID, is they have moved this game along. It is not just the up and unders and, mm. and, and, and trying to just play for territory and putting pressure on the opposition that way. They are running the ball through the hands. And my complaint last season, I, I, I recall watching the Springboks was had such great frustration with the handling errors. And that when they when when they try to offload in contact, they lose the ball. Or when they're trying to take it through the hands, it looks awkward and clumsy. And I was wondering what kind of coaching is happening over there. But there was coaching. Mm. Those were teething problems of the game that they want to play in moving their game forward. One of the reasons where the Springboks are able to play with 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 bashers at number twelve, as as as, as you saw with Estes in um, on 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 the weekend, versus a, a a creative player in that position, is because they have the luxury of Evelyn who joins up in the line, and he is the. Sometimes he's the first receiver, 
Um, if it's not uh, the fly half and he's always there to create and again he had a marvelous showing over the weekend and which enabled us being able to go from sideline to sideline and scoring tries so I'm 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 very I'm very excited for mm. what might happen because if you think about it Chuck the Springboks have the opportunity to be the most complete team in the world because already, and they showed against the Wallabies, the physicality in, in, in at set piece time is something you know about the Springboks. Now you think about that and you add the unleashing of the back line and the unleashing with combinations with the forwards, where mm. forwards and back line players are combining. How do you stop that? Because if you want to play tight, we can do that. Mm-hmm. If you want to play a kicking game, we can do that. We want to work up doing that. And if if it's going to be a, a, a little more open, we do have talented players like in that back line. So, man, I'm 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 glad I'm a South African. After that performance, we'll see. Of course, what 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 is just one performance? What will happen for the rest of uh, this rugby championship and going to the World Cup? But based on that first performance. It's looking good if you're a South African fan. I think that 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 is a good way to start because, especially for me, like I said to you, I wasn't quite convinced of Nina, but I didn't quite see Sanders like and like a positive brand of rugby. We had that uh, end of year tour as, as you were highlighting against Abu France Nana, where we didn't look good, and you're like, is this Springbok side as good as the, as the defending champions were during the World Cup? And obviously, we lost years um, or rather playing time to the the time that was taken by COVID and all the restrictions. So I think this is a good start. Um, the new personnel are quitting themselves very well. Like Abu Kurtley, Moody wasn't wasn't playing there. He wasn't playing. Moody didn't see him. There's David Vince. He was. He was. Yeah, was on fire. And spots on my bed. I don't like, watch him. He was enough, on fire. And him. like, I'm excited about his potential because mm. he's he's big. Yeah. He's athletic. He still has work to do, but as his 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 physical traits would make him great in the air, and he's fast, and he's twenty. <laughs> Yes, time, time on his side, man. Yeah. So, so who's putting pressure on Magazole? Is it Kudlili Aronsa or is it Tianomud? It is Kudlili Aronsa. So, one for the pressure Magazole, and as you're saying, options, Patrick. options. Um, the South Africans are deep. Thing. Yeah. I don't think that's necessarily something. Actually, I was thinking about this. I don't think it's necessarily something that really counts during for tournaments, and this is true across all sport. Because unless you get an injury, you're not going to be rotating. You mm. are going to be playing Stay with the guys that, that you're playing yeah. with. You're going to settle on a on a 15, and those if they are all available, who those are the guys you're going to be playing. But as we saw in the previous World Cup with the bomb squad, the South African Brains Trust they know how to creatively use their depth, mm. and it's great to know that you're going you're going to go into the World Cup. And we've had some niggling injuries with guys who can step up if they need to. So. Man, it's it is exciting. I want to ask two questions specifically because when I was watching, I, I must be honest, I wasn't keeping my eye on him. Well, Klein, how did he do for you? And also, Ulibok, how did he? Um, Klein play? fit in seamlessly. Uh, mm. There were though troubles in in the lineouts, and it's a bit dominates that. And he's 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 the voice that you recognize, and with the calls as well as just his prowess, like in the air. Mm. But he also did disturb some of the lineouts uh, by the Australians. But in terms of his overall gameplay, he's another one who's bred on the farm, mm. and he 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 brings that physicality. He went into the game, like into the game. You can see it from the Springbok photo that they took ahead of the game. He already had China, yeah. China. and you're like, what are these dudes doing in practice? You know. Yeah. 
so he's welcome he's, to the Springboks. He's that dude, mm. you know, and he fits in the jumper quite well. Again, we are very deep in terms of those locks. So it's exciting times. Um, it, it it's exciting times, and man, I really hope that we can defend, and mm. I really hope we can defend playing like this style because then we are trampling over the world. Like, do you think the game against um the odds? Not the odds. New Zealand tells us where we are. On some level, um, it will. On 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 some level, it 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 will indicate uh where we are because this Australian team. They, 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 they're a new team. They, they're not greatly experienced. Marco Hooper, yes, was in the team. Uh, uh, Korobeni scored the try. He was also in the team, but they were lacking in terms of of, of experienced players. So you don't wanna you don't wanna get too excited by the result because of the opponent that you are playing. But at the same time, you don't wanna uh, play it down. And we'll see. Uh, as I say, in terms of prior to the World Cup, the great barometer in in, in world rugby other All Blacks who've not been at their best in the last couple of years. So I'm actually anticipating a victory against the All Blacks and to win the Rugby Championship ahead of defending the mm. World Cup. But we, we will we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it and we'll report on that match after we play it as well. I saw Mackenzie playing at 10 and I'm wonder, wondering what's going forward. Is, is he going to retain that spot and they keep U- U- Barrett outside or are they going to change things? But Zoban. We will see indeed with that one. That is the episode for this week on Two Up Front. Be sure to catch us on the socials and to interact with us. You can find us on Twitter and on Instagram at Two Up Front Pod. You can find me at J underscore Mzulu. You can find Chuck at Chuck Two Up. And you can listen to the podcast on Spotify on Apple Podcasts and Iono, as well as the City of Joburg's online radio station, Joburg Pulse, which is also our new home. So do interact with us on the socials and do catch us on those platforms. From Jay Amaudi. All right, guys, listening on those platforms, interact with us on those channels and handles. Um, here are the following topics that we covered. Let us know what you think. Orlando Pirates playing Maccabi Tel Aviv. During the ongoing conflict between Israel and Palestine, where do you stand on that? What do you think Pirates should do? Um, we spoke about David De Gea and his wonderful time at Man United. Um, record, record breaker, um, clean sheets in terms of shot stopping and all these things. How do you see his entire tenure? Do you think it was right for him to leave? Was it the right time? And the introduction of what seems imminent, Andre Onana is coming. Do you think that's the right replacement for David De Gea? And then we also covered the Springboks. What do you make of the exploits over the weekend in the opener of the Rugby Championship? Do you think this goes well? Does this give you optimism for the World Cup and whatever else is next for Ninabas boys? This is Chuck, and I'm out. Thank you.